Welcome into the bank, a show which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 12 of The Bank. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. You guys can catch us at BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com, where we write some different articles about what's going on with the Ravens. Um, we're both also on Twitter, at BSL Jordan Co. for me, at Gabe Fergie for Gabe. We'd love to hear from you guys um, and to talk a little bit of Ravens. Um, you know, it's, we're still, you know, we're still in the slow part of the season and, you know, Gabe, who knows what this season's going to look like when it comes to everything else that's going on in the world. But, uh, we're going to try and stay entertained here. And we thought for today, what we do is do a little power ranking of the Ravens and we do it kind of in a draft style. Um, so it's not, it's going to be a combination of our thoughts and we're just going to kind of go through some guys at the top of the roster and, um, you know, see where there's some surprises or where, where there's some different valuation and what we think of some of the players um, and talk through those. So I'm going to let Gabe kick us off here and, and give him the gimme pick of this draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gave me the most exciting pick of the entire draft. So <laughs> obviously, I'm, obviously, I'm going to be taking Lamar Jackson here. Um, league MVP. Is that enough said? I mean, what else? Yeah, I think, I think that's enough said. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's incredible. Um, he's only 23 years old. He's He looks like one of the most dynamic players we've ever seen in the NFL. Like, And we're you know lucky to have him on the team as uh, a rookie, on a rookie contract, I should yeah. say. And it's... Looking forward to seeing how he plays improves is something that I'm very much looking forward to in this coming season. You know, he's been working out with the wide receivers. You like to see that. So I'm, I'm hoping for another exceptional season out of him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's obviously Jackson at number one. And, and you know, when I was putting my list together, the next spot was actually pretty tough for me. There were two guys that I that I liked a lot. Um, and, you know, I went back and forth and switched their names. But uh, I think I'm going to go with Marlon Humphrey at number two. Um, you know, I think there's a, a good case to be made for a couple other guys, but Marlon Humphrey is absolutely the shutdown corner that the Ravens need. I think that it's a better fit for kind of where the NFL is headed long-term. And I think his impact this season, if he can take another step forward, like we saw over the last two years of like putting his name in kind of that top three, maybe even top two cornerbacks in the league. If he does that, um, it's going to be lights out for the Ravens um, in terms of other teams and what they're going to be able to do against these guys. And so I think the other, the other names I was looking at in competition with him um, don't have that ability to kind of themselves be standalone players to make such a huge impact on the defense. That, that was my number three player. So I think, I mean, you can probably guess who my number two player is, but um, I, I, I mean, I can, I can definitely see the argument for, for having Humphrey at number two, he's, you know, he's super young. He's fortunately um, another star that the Ravens drafted in the first round. So have him under contract for another year. And I think he's done nothing but improve since he's gotten into the NFL. And the one thing that we have to be a little cautious about is he's kind of gotten grabby a little bit. There are a lot of penalties he committed last year, but if he can shake that off, I think he'll be better suited playing outside than in the slot, which is, I think, more suited to his skill set. I think he's going to have another you know, great season as well. 
Yeah. So and I'm sure um, the guy that you're going to take is the guy I was struggle with deciding between I would, the two. I would, I would imagine that's the case. Um, I'm going with Ronnie Stanley here at number three. Is that the player you were considering? Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, once again, Ravens have drafted exceptionally well over the past, you know, four or five years. Ronnie Stanley was the highest draft pick the Ravens have had in quite some time, and you know, he's pretty much I think lived up to expectations, if not exceeded them. As what I think he was number six overall when the Ravens drafted him. Um, he's done nothing but improve. He's probably the best pass protecting offensive tackle in the entire NFL. Um, he's improved as a run blocker. He's very athletic. He can get out in front and like do some impressive kind of movement in, in his blocks. I think he's not the most powerful blocker yet, but I think his athleticism serves him well. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to be posting an article um, this week about the Ravens offensive line and kind of how much Lamar Jackson seems to make them. And I think that ended up being the difference maker for me between Stanley and Humphrey. I think Stanley is really, really good. I think Lamar Jackson's pocket presence has been a little underrated. And I think that and I, I finally did it. I went back and watched, rewatched the Titans game and I cried the whole time. But when teams know the Ravens are going to pass, um, you know, Stanley did not have a very good game in Tennessee um, and none of the offensive line did. And when they're put in that position where they don't have the advantage of using the running game and, and Jackson, um, you know, I just wonder if they're going to be as effective. That's not a problem that we have to worry about, but I think that that's that to me is what made Humphrey more replaceable than or irreplaceable than Stanley. Um, the next guy I got, it may be a little bit of a surprise though. I, th- you know, as I was looking through this, Calais Campbell is number four for me coming into this year. I think we haven't seen a drop off from him on his age. If you look at his game film from last year, it's still phenomenal. I mean, what he could potentially do to change this off, this, this defense could be just an unloading for the Ravens in terms of, you know, what's going to happen this upcoming season. I think teams are just like, if, if he is what he was last year, teams are just going to have such a hard time with the Ravens. Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement. I think there's probably about three players that I was considering with my next pick. Um, and and Campbell was definitely um, at the top of the list. I think, like you said, he's been one of the most dominant defensive linemen in the NFL for the past decade. Like he's been incredibly consistent, incredibly healthy, and he's just a different type of player that the Ravens haven't had on their defensive line for, you know, over a decade. So it's going to be really fun to see how he's he's yeah. kind of the player that I think can really change the Ravens defense. So moving along to the number five pick, this one might be a bit of a surprise, but I'm going to go with Justin Tucker. And wow. The reason why I'm going with Justin Tucker is I think just having him on your roster puts gives the Ravens opportunities that other teams wouldn't have. Um, because when you basically cross the other team's 40, you're in field goal range. And I think he gives you added security for that reason. Um, and I think that you can steal points you can steal points on drives that other teams don't get and like three points here three points there it may not seem like a big deal but at the end of the game i think it it can matter i mean last year the Ravens were blowing people out so it didn't like make that much of a difference but in the past when they've been in a lot more closer games he's been i would consider close to the team's mvp um i mean he's always also very good on kickoffs um i think he's you know just head and shoulders above the rest of the league in terms of kickers 
And I think that his value to the Ravens is kind of hard to um, really put a, a number on because it's such a unique skill set and, and, and a unique player. Yeah, it's, he's an interesting one. I've got him 14th on my list. Um, and probably the reason I don't have him higher is because the Ravens have shown an affinity not to play the way they have the past five years. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. they, they've been going for it on fourth down more often. There were instances where they were going for two. Um, you know, their aggressiveness in those places, I think, is fantastic. And I want to see them continue to do that. I think that Tucker's role remains really important in really close games. Um, but I think that just like the Ravens did in the Titans game, there are going to be some fourth and ones in an opponent territory when they're in kicking range of Thomas or Tucker and they're not, and, and they're not going to kick. Um, and I think that decreases his value kind of in, from a power ranking standing point. I think if it was, if we were talking about five years ago, absolutely. I'd have, I'd have Tucker who he is today, right? Right in that same range. I do also think the Ravens kick coverage has dropped off a little bit and I don't know, um, you know, I don't know if that's Tucker. I think he could kick it through the end zone every time. And the Ravens have decided not to do that. Um, but I think that that weakens, you know, a little bit of his value too. Yeah, that's a fair point. And I, I agree so with you. The about next you. guy I got on my list that I think. No, just, just real quick. I was just going to say, I, I agree with you because the Ravens do go for a lot of fourth down. So that does decrease some of his value. But the other thing, he doesn't miss kicks. So like when most teams are missing, you know, 10, 15% of their kicks, he's making all but like maybe one or two per season. So anyway, sorry to interrupt you there. No, 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 no. I mean, he's, he is an all pro and he's going to go, I mean, he's on pace to be in the hall of fame easily already in his career. So it's, it's just hard to value him. I, I had a hard time deciding where to stick him in this chart. Um, and I had a hard time on this next pick too, but I, you know what? I'm going to go with Mark Andrews. Um, I think him and Jackson have really developed a great rapport. I think there are probably four or five other Ravens right here that are all kind of in an equal mix of talent range. Um, but Mark Andrews, if he continues to just bulk up a little bit, get stronger, if he can stay healthy, um, his, and I think I've talked about this, his numbers look very similar to age 24 and age 25 seasons of Jason Kelsey. And if that's what we get from Mark Andrews, then he may be even worth being in the top four in terms of the Ravens power rankings moving forward. And I, I just really like him to have a big year this upcoming year too. Yeah, I, I agree with um, your assessment that he's going to be a, a big player in the Ravens system. Um, I, I do think that there is a little bit of the system that Andrews benefits from, um, but I think he does have a pretty unique skill set. He, he's a, uh, really really good at creating kind of separation man or zone and he's and you know he can probably do a little better in terms of his hands he drops a few more passes than you'd like to see or else the numbers would be even a lot better um but i think overall he's he's probably one of the top like three or four tight ends in the league and he's like you said he's young and he he's um hopefully only gonna get better and if he can stay on the field you know maybe 60 percent of the snaps instead of 40 percent of snaps that's that's going to be a big thing going forward. Yeah. And I think with the Ravens trading Hayden Hurst, I moved him up a little bit on this list too, because he's going to be more mission critical to what the Ravens are trying to accomplish this upcoming year. So I think the next player that I have is going to be, this is, this was another close one. There's two players that I'm looking at here, but I'm going to go with Marcus Peters. Um, And I think the reason why I went with Peters is because 
he is, well, first of all, he's, he's kind of like the perfect sidekick to Marlon Humphrey. You know, both of them combined, I think, is better than either of them together because you can really just take away both like of your top outside receivers on the field with those guys. And I think Peters has a tendency to kind of get lost at times, but he's also, you know, a big play waiting to happen. He's a playmaker. He's going to be there pick off the, you know, the opposing quarterback in the perfect situation. He was very good last year for the Ravens. I think they put him in a, in a, in a good system for his skill set, And I think he's going to continue to, to be, you know, in a very important part of the defense in the next couple of years. Yeah. And, and fun fact, Marcus Peters was a, a, a two-time all pro for the Ravens last year. He made yeah. the first all pro team as a cornerback and the second team as a defensive back. That's, you know, that's how big of an impression he made with the voters. Um, so, you know, I think he was a guy that I was, he, he was the guy that I would have taken in that spot too. Um, if it wasn't for Andrews, um, for the next spot, this was another tough one. I, I you know, I, I'm going to go with Orlando Brown. Um, there are two other guys that, that I think I, I liked just as much, but, um, I think the Ravens are going to ask a lot of their tackles this year. Um, you know, the interior of the offensive line is going to be younger, potentially much more inexperienced if Skura um, isn't healthy. And I think that that, you know, for the context of this upcoming year is going to make Brown really important. Um, and he's just, I mean, Brown has been everything the Ravens could possibly want to see from him and more. Um, and so they're lucky to have two tackles that are, you know, whether it's this spot or whether it's a couple more down in the top 10 of their team. And, and uh, you know, when I made this list, I did it based on the salary cap. Uh, um, and he's just, I, I mean, he, I, I, him and Lamar Jackson are the two kind of steals of um, the Raven salary cap this upcoming year. I'll say Mark Andrews too. I mean, I mean, positional yeah. value. Yeah. Like Orlando Brown is going to be same round. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think that Orlando Brown for sure is, you know, someone who's a key cog on the Ravens offensive line and going to his third season, he's, you know, you only hope that he's going to get better. Um, I think Stanley's like clearly a better tackle than him in terms of just like his kind of quickness, um, athleticism, but Brown is just huge and he's, he can be a mauler in the run game. And I think that's huge for what the Ravens want to do. Um, so my next guy is going to be Earl Thomas. Um, one of your favorites, <laughs> you wanted him brought into the Ravens and he was, and I think despite the fact that he was put in a, you know, maybe a different role than what we were kind of expecting, I think he excelled and, you know, the numbers may not have been there in terms of like interceptions, pass deflections, et cetera. But his impact on the field, I think is considerable. Um, he's very, very intelligent. Um, and that's another thing I didn't mention about Marcus Peters. I think they're both very intelligent defensive backs. Um, they, they, they understand concepts offenses are trying to run and they are able to identify and take away things, especially Earl Thomas. I think he's, he's very good at taking away like the first look for, for a quarterback. And when you have, a secondary is as good as the Ravens and you have the pass rush that they bring. You can take away the first look uh, when, especially when you have like a five or six man blitz, there's probably not going to be a second look. Um, so I think what he does is, is really impactful. 
Yeah, I I mean, it's interesting because outside of Tucker, I think these top like nine guys between Jackson, Stanley, Humphrey, Campbell, Peters, Andrews, Brown, Thomas are are the main picks, you know, but I think is going to be interesting is is where the where kind of we rank the rankings kind of go from here, because I, I think it gets a little bit more. Those those are the stars of the Ravens. And those are the guys that, you know, when we're talking about, you know, and you include Tucker, who's going to have shots at all pros this upcoming year, it's it's those guys. So they should be at the top of this list. Um, my next pick is a guy I think who's going to be, I think he's going to be in some consideration for um, potentially for that all pro range. If, if we see what we think we can out of him and I, and um, Hollywood is the guy that I put next. Um, I mean, everything that we've seen from him this off season in terms of health looks phenomenal. Um, you know, we've heard that he was playing hurt all of last year. You could see it on the field. Um, even though he was explosive and fast, it wasn't, kind of what you saw when when you watched his tape from college and he was still a little he got out of bounds and he still avoided hits in college too he's a smaller guy so he's and he's not stupid um but if if there's even just half a, a half a like level up from the speed that we saw from him last year then i think in some ways all bets are off for for what we could see from him next year what we saw from him in the Titans game was phenomenal. Um, he's got fantastic hands. He runs great routes and he is incredibly fast. Um, he's just a little bit undersized, but I, I don't see why he can't, you can't have a Tyreek Hill and, um, you know, Travis or uh, Kelsey combo between Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Yeah. I mean, I think he's definitely one of the, you know, players I would consider at this spot as well. He's it's, I mean, it's, He's, he showed flashes of what he can be last year. And like you said, it's it's health. And I think if he's on the field, you know, like 75, 80% of the time, instead of like 50% of the time, he's going to be a real difference maker. And even if he's not catching every single pass, his speed is going to stretch defenses vertically. And if you have a player like him in a one-on-one -on -one situation, you know, Lamar is going to be able to find him downfield. Cause he, like you said, he has good pocket presence. He's able to buy time and find players that come open and something that, you know, the, I feel like the Ravens were never able to do when they had Joe Flacco. I mean, he was able to extend plays at times, but I don't think he was able to really like look downfield and get guys open. Um, and that's something that we've seen like from Ben Roethlisberger time and time again. You know, you see him like play breaks down, he gets out of the pocket, and he finds somebody open downfield. I feel like Lamar Jackson did that a ton last year, um, and it's something that Hollywood. And him and Andrews, they're on the same page. They have this connection. And I, th I think, like you said, they're, they're a trio that's going to stay together for hopefully a very long time and be productive for a very long time. So my next guy is going to be Matt Judon. And I think while I think we're kind of in agreement about his kind of what he's not like an exceptional player. He's not an elite player, but he does a lot of things really well. Um, he's probably the Ravens' best pass rusher. Maybe you could give that nod to Campbell, but I think um, Judon is, you know, a guy who is still very capable of bringing a rush off the edge. Um, he's very good um, in terms of being able to move too. Like you can see him rushing not just off the edge. He'll rush from different gaps. He'll rush from like an inside linebacker stand-up position. He's pretty good when he drops in coverage. You know, he's he's not the best run defender but he's not horrible either um i think he's also a very smart player he's a good football iq he, he uh you know sees sniffs out a lot of zones kind of like Suggs used to do um so i think this is about the right spot for him 
Yeah, I had him next as well. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, also he, he's the Ravens' best individual kind of pass rusher outside of Campbell, like you were saying. So yeah. that's going to be a high impact player and, and he's going to have to be kind of in this range. Um, I, you know, I kind of got stuck up here on some of these next picks, uh, but the guy I've got next is Mark Ingram. And, you know, ironically, I actually would have had him higher um, if not for the addition of Dobbins. Um, but I think that the Ravens are going to really ramp down the usage of all their backs and they're going to pick and choose their spots and they're going to keep everybody healthy. They're going to keep everybody on a rotation. I think that's smart and that's great. But I think that the overall production that we may see from Ingram um, might go down as a result of that. Um, I, I do think that does leave an opportunity for him to be a bit more of the goal line back and, and us to continue to see him rack up the touchdowns again this year. Um, but he, we, we saw how much the Ravens missed him when he wasn't in the Tennessee game. Um, and, and I thought he kind of deserved, he deserved a spot here, um, because of the dynamic that he adds across the board, in addition to his leadership on this team, I think. I think he's really he's the right fit for the Ravens in a lot of ways. And, and he, he turned out to be a signing that I wasn't thrilled about, but was fantastic. Yeah, I think he, this is the right spot for him. And like you said, he's just a, he's, a, he's a dynamic player. He's capable in all phases. You know, he's he's a good runner, obviously. He's also a good run blocker. He's a good pass catcher. You know, we saw him running routes um, that were pretty impressive for a, a running back. Um, he's a, and he can, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield very well and to get a field. Um, and yeah, I think, I think he's just a very important key part of this offense. You know, he and, he and Lamar had a great, you know, kind of feeling at the mesh point. They understood each other very well. And I think, like you said, his role is probably going to re- be reduced a little bit this year, but I still expect him to have, you know, a pretty productive season for the Ravens. So this next pick is kind of where I start to waffle a little bit. Um, I think there's a few different directions, but one name keeps coming up in my in my head, and it's Chuck Clark. Um, and this might be a, a little early for him. I'm not sure where you would have him rated, but I think he was a very key part to the Ravens' defensive turnaround last season when he came into the starting role. Um, instead of Tony Jefferson, we saw – um, pretty much across the board, you know, superior play. I think he's very smart. Like we've seen it said a lot about the Ravens defensive backs. He gets players lined up, you know, he's, he's the, the field general, he calls plays. Um, and he's very versatile. Like I saw like a heat map of his alignments and you can see him lined up as an edge rusher. You see him lined up as an inside linebacker. You see him lined up as a slot corner. You see him lined up as free safety, strong safety in the box. He's all over the place, and he's just kind of the person who kind of holds it all together, I think, for the defense. Yeah, I, I had I had him next. I had him two picks down the list for me, and I agree. I think he adds a lot. You know, the only knock for me on Clark, and, and it'll be interesting to see, is I always felt like he didn't have good awareness in his zone drops. So I, I think when he knew who he needed to cover, he had the athleticism and the ability to do it. But when he was kind of like in a space, he kind of got stuck in the middle of that space and wasn't able to kind of slide or adjust within those zones to the rest of the defense. And so from everything we hear, he's a smart player, but I think he's just, he's got a little bit to learn, but he's got great guys. And like you were talking about with Thomas and Peters to teach him some of that stuff. And he could really, I think, take his game to a whole nother level. 
Um, but I've got him right in this range as well. Um, the guy that I had ranked ahead of him that I would take next actually is Nick Boyle though. Um, and you know, I don't love Nick Boyle's contract. I think he is overpaid and I don't think he would have gotten that much money on the open market. Um, you know, certainly not at the time the Ravens gave him that contract, maybe the year after, but certainly not the year before. Um, but with Hayden Hurst gone, I think he rises up this list. If Hayden Hurst was still on this team, I'd have him probably another 10 or 15 slots lower. Um, but I think we're going to see Nick Boyle on the field for 55 plus percent of snaps for the Ravens next year, maybe even a higher number than that. Um, and, and, you know, I don't have a problem with that, um, but I think he adds a dynamic in the, in the blocking game um, that, that this Ravens team needs, you know, the way they run their offense, like Nick, Nick Boyle is a critical part of that. Yeah. Boyle was going to be, he was the guy I was considering in the previous spot. He, he was him and Clark for me. Um, and like you said, he actually, he played the most snaps out of any Ravens tight end last year. I think he was close to like 60 to 70%. And I think you'll probably see that again this year, um, because he is, you know, a really, really good blocker. Um, he's not only like, a good like guy who can like pass protect and like catch balls too, like kind of like intermediate kind of like safety valve catches, but he's just really good at getting out in front and like clearing a path on, especially on kind of these power, like quarterback keepers, you know, some of these like zone reads, he's just really instrumental part to what the Ravens do in their, in their running game. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, so the next player I have is someone who was an undrafted or an unsigned free agent that the Ravens brought in, and that's Derek Wolf. Um, I'm, we've never seen him obviously play for the Ravens, kind of like Campbell, but just looking at his track record, you know, he's been in the league for a long time. He's a veteran. He's you know a pretty solid run defender. He's a good pass rushing defensive lineman. He's just kind of somebody who's going to play a lot of snaps. Um, he doesn't need to be like somebody who's going to put up the stats necessarily, but he's capable, I think. And on this defensive line that the Ravens are put together, um, especially with some of the outside linebackers, I think he's just going to get a lot of opportunities to win in some one-on-one -on -one matchups. And I think he's going to succeed in that role. Yeah, I had him at that exact same spot. But this is this is broadly <laughs> um, somewhat unentertaining and that we have a lot of the same takes on a lot of the same <laughs> players. So maybe maybe I'll have a one that you'll disagree with next here. You, you went out on a limb with Tucker. So um, the next guy I've actually got is Patrick Ricard. Um, and I think it's because the Ravens are going to use him some as that third tight end. I think he's going to get on the field more this upcoming year. Um, he's still got a chance if they need him to play on the defensive line. Um, he's a guy that I, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of, um, you know, a couple of years ago and kind of felt like the Ravens didn't really need a fullback, but He's really blossomed. Um, you know, he's a hard runner. He's a great blocker. He actually has decent enough hands that they can use him as kind of like that extra guy when they when they need him in that way. He's not going to catch the ball 20 yards down the field. Um, but, you know, he is going to catch, you know, a reasonable pass thrown to him. Um, and I'm interested to see if his role continues to expand in the offense this upcoming year in that kind of third tight end jumbo heavy role. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable spot to have him here. I probably, you know, keep him a little lower just because I think the number of snaps he plays is small. Um, but you're right, he may have a larger role as the Ravens only have two tight ends now instead of three. So it'll be interesting to see how he's used. Um, if they use him more as like 
I don't think he's going to be, you know, Kyle Juszczyk by any stretch in terms of what he can do as a pass catcher. But if they kind of get involved a little bit more in the passing game, that'll be interesting because he is, you know, a load. He's hard to bring down. So um, I think I think he's also obviously a, a very good, you know, traditional fullback in terms of what he can do as a blocker too. So it's important in the Ravens um, offense. Um, my next guy is going to be Brandon Williams. I say that. Um, with a little bit of a sigh, I think, because I feel like what he does is very important. You know, he's he's like that two-gapping defensive tackle who's really stout against the run and doesn't really bring much of a pass rush. Um, he's never really played on a defensive line where you've had players around him that kind of require him not to be double-teamed. Like, he's been double-teamed a lot. Um and maybe like if he gets some kind of like one-on-one matchup somewhere to Derek Wolf, he might be able to be a little bit more of a pass rusher. I don't think he's going to be on the field that much this year in, in pass rush situations, but you know, I, I do think he brings a lot of value um, on early downs and he's a big reason why the Ravens have traditionally had a very good run defense. So I think this is about where I'd put him. Yeah. I had him five or six slots down the list. I think, you know, Brandon Williams is, it's it's so dis not disappointing because that's too strong of of kind of a negative word but you know it always felt like he's on the cusp of being able to do a little bit more you know i think that the ravens run stuffing wasn't as kind of stuffing as we we might want from a guy that you pay brandon williams dollars um you know you see flashes of his ability to rush the passer but they come and they go he's had a couple games where it's been really impressive and then that's it um and again that's not enough in terms of his dollar value but maybe maybe his contract is what is is kind of holding him down on the list for me a little bit here um so you know that'll be interesting to see um, what his year looks like this year, especially without Pierce there and, and giving him that kind of one tech role the whole time um, and, and to see how that goes this upcoming year. Um, the guy I had next, though, was is actually Tavon Young. Um, and, and this <laughs> is a bit of a wild card. <laughs> Again, we're, we're, we're not being all that interesting, but I think we know our preferences of the Ravens players pretty well. Um, but, you know, he's got huge upside. He, when, when he is healthy, he's been really good for the Ravens. Um, made impact plays. He's physical at the corner spot. He gets like he sticks his nose in there. Um, even though he's a little bit of a smaller guy, he even was able to play some on the outside effectively. You know, I think that there's extra value in him playing nickel corner and letting Humphrey play outside the entire time as well. Um, and I think I'm giving him a little more credit for moving Humphrey back out of a role that I didn't love him in, and hopefully into a role um, that he'll be a little bit more successful in too. So. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, the, my only concern with Young is his inability to stay on the field. He's had nicks and bruises a few times, and then he's, I think he's missed, what, two seasons? Uh, I think he had an ACL and then with a neck injury last year. So we don't know for sure how he's going to look. I mean, obviously, I think we're all hoping the best. He, like you said, when he's been like at his best and healthy, he's been a very good player for the Ravens. Um, I think his contract might end up being a bit of a problem if he doesn't come back to form, but I do like him. This is probably about where I'd have him. Um, if, if he is able to play at the level that he played previously before, you know, the neck surgery, um, I think he will be this kind of um, 
impact in this range for the Ravens. And the next player I'm going to take is another cornerback that the Ravens have on the roster, just Jimmy Smith. Um, and the only reason I think he's this far down the list is because he's, you know, essentially the Ravens' fourth corner. Um, but the Ravens play a ton of dime, and we don't really know what their dime sets are going to look like moving forward. Um, last year, they essentially shifted a cornerback, Brandon Carr, into a safety role. We don't know if Jimmy Smith is going to have that role. Maybe that's Tavon Young playing some kind of safety looks, and Jimmy Smith stays on the outside. Regardless, I still think he's still a good press man outside cornerback. He's very good size. He's physical. He doesn't have quite the, like the speed, recovery speed that he used to have. But, you know, if you look at how he played last year after he kind of came back from, you know, was it injury? I think he had, um, he was also maybe suspended for a game or two. Assuming health, I think he's still going to be a very important player in the Ravens defense. It's interesting. I I had Smith way down the list only in the sense that I don't think he's going to have as big of a role, but it'll be interesting to see um, how they rotate all three of those guys. If they're willing to take snaps away from Peters and Humphrey to give them to Smith, if they need them, if he can play kind of that safety role, um, you know, if, if Elliot and Smith are both healthy and young is healthy, Tavon young is healthy and playing well, um and let's say Deshaun Elliott just comes in and plays really well too in his opportunities I just I have a hard time seeing there being snaps available for all of them and that's why I have Young out in front of all them in the sense that if they were all playing well I think that the Ravens can stick him in at nickel and he'll do well um and the other guys are just gonna have fewer opportunities and fewer roles but you never know with Wink yeah just on that real quick I talked a little bit about, I wrote a little bit about this earlier in the offseason. And I think one of the things that's going to be interesting to see is how do they match up to personnel? Because if you look at a team's personnel and you think you have some like smaller, shiftier wide receivers, I think Jimmy Smith might not play five, 10 snaps. If you have kind of bigger guys that are like more physical, you know, kind of like your DK Metcalf types or like your AJ Green, I think that maybe you have a guy like Jimmy Smith playing a lot more in like your three cornerback packages. And maybe you have Humphrey shifting into the slot instead of Tavon Young. Um, because I think Jimmy Smith might line up better in that role um, than having, you know, somebody like, um, I mean, I having have... Humphrey on the inside, but. Right. I, I mean, I agree with that, but then you need, you need a rotation where you had three big wide receivers on in combo right because essentially you'd have to be saying you don't want Tavon Young on the field assuming Tavon I, I mean if Tavon Young isn't healthy and maybe I should have Jimmy Smith higher on my list because he just can't play and then Jimmy Smith's role is going to expand again um but if Tavon Young is healthy and playing like he did let's say when he was a rookie um he's still going to be your, he's the guy you're going to want in the slot and AJ Green DJ Metcalf's those guys are going to be on the outside more than they are on the inside anyway. And so every Smith that you, every snap you give to Jimmy Smith is a snap you are not giving to your two all pro cornerbacks. Um, and I just have a tough time swallowing that. No, I don't think, now, maybe the Ravens. Well, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be taking one of those guys off the field. I would be taking Tavon Young off the field, I think, and having Humphrey play in the slot because he's very capable of playing in the slot. He played there most of the season last year. Um, I think so Tavon I think if you, has a quick, nickel though is a better he's a better quick twitch nickel cornerback i think humphrey was okay last year in that role and capable but i think tavon young at his best is better than that 
role than Humphrey was. I don't know if I agree. So I guess I that's Humphrey's where. Player, yeah, <laughs> I think I think Humphrey's better than Young anywhere on the field. So I think it's a matter of of how do you match up. But we'll see. I mean, I just think it's an interesting thing to see. They obviously thought he was an important. I think they gave him like a three million dollar contract. That's not nothing. Um, and we'll see how he plays out. Maybe they use him as kind of a guy who can line up over like kind of the athletic tight ends that teams are showing too. So we'll see how they, they play him. I think he'll still have a role, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's more deserving to be higher on this list than I think I've got him in my rankings and, and you've certainly convinced me of that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, the next guy I've got on here actually is our first um, draft pick from 2020. Um, and that's Patrick Queen. I think the Ravens are going to give him the keys to the car. They're going to let him play. Hopefully he doesn't bust. <laughs> and, and he's as good as everything that we've seen on tape, right? But I think that he's just, he's just got to be here because the middle linebacker role, I mean, this is far enough down the list that it's not impact, but it's high enough on the list because your middle linebacker is just going to have that much of an impact. Um, and so, you know, hopefully... We don't know how Queen's going to translate, but I think just just from the sheer number of snaps and and kind of his tape in college, she's got to be here or somewhere in this ballpark. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. It's it's hard with the rookies because you just don't know how good they're going to be. But I think we can project what their role is going to be. And from that role, and if you consider him to be remotely competent in that role, this is where you have to have him, if not even a little higher. Um, you know, I think he's going to be someone that's going to be on the field a lot. And he's probably not going to play every snap as a rookie, but I think he's going to be in there for most downs. They might take him off for some of the, like the, the the dime packages. You know, maybe they don't try, quite trust him in coverage. A lot of times that's a hard transition for rookies, but I think he's going to be a, a very good player in this defense. Um, and yeah, I, I think you have to kind of have him in this spot. Um my next pick is going to be Bradley Bozeman, who played left guard for the Ravens last year, started all season, and I think he did a pretty good job. Um, he's not like kind of all pro, pro bowl level like the tackles the Ravens have, um, but he is someone who the Ravens relied on very heavily in their run game. He did a lot of pulling for the Ravens in their in their run game, and I think he was. He had a few struggles earlier, especially in the season, I think, but I think he got better as the season progressed, especially in pass coverage or pass protection, I should say. And, you know, he's still a pretty young player. He's going to his third season. I would hope that he's only going to get better. So I think this is, you know, about the right spot for him. Yeah, I had him a couple spots down the list, but I think he's been a little underrated by the broader kind of public and, and Ravens fans about what he might be able to bring to this team. Um, I had Jalen Ferguson here and, and, and I think I could have had him a little higher. Um, you know, he's a guy that has real upside opportunity for the Ravens this upcoming year. And I think that's the, the big question is, is he going to, is he going to take that next step and going to kind of turn into the player the Ravens think he can. And I think you see that in the second year from guys from smaller schools, like he came from. Um, and I think the Ravens are a perfect breeding ground for a player like that. Um, and I think he's going to get all the opportunities in the world to, to kind of show it initially, because he's the bigger guy. Um, and the Ravens don't seem to trust Tyus Bowser on kind of those early downs and running situations. So I think Ferguson's just going to outsnap him because of that in terms of raw numbers. Um, and it'll be, I, I think, 
I think he showed well enough as a rookie that we're going to see a nice little step forward for him this upcoming year. So I think I have only been mostly negative about Ferguson, which is hard because he has a great last name. Um, but he, he needs to show me a little bit more than, than what he showed me last year to have him this high on my list. Because, yes, he is a de facto starter because he is probably the Ravens' best run defender at outside linebacker, although I would consider playing Jihad Ward out ahead of him to start the season. But we'll see how what goes there. Um, I, I just haven't seen enough of him as a pass rusher. Um, and that's why my next player is Tyus Bowser, who I think is a much better pass rusher at this stage um, of their careers. I know he's in, it's going to his fourth year, or he's going into his second. So you'd expect a little bit more of a developed uh, pass rush skill set. Um, but I also think that Tyus Bowser is incredibly important in Wink Martin Sales' defense um, in his pass coverages because he is a very good coverage linebacker. Um, he's somebody who you can do a lot of things with similar to Judon. You can blitz him, you can move him around, you can drop into coverage. Um, you can have him rush off the edge. And while I think he was probably a little underutilized, likely due to his, um, not great run defense, let's put it that way. Um, I think on passing downs, he is a very formidable player, formidable player. Yeah, I had him right after Ferguson. I think they're going to play a tandem role together. But I, you know, I'm hoping that the Ravens invested their pick in Ferguson for a reason. But they did so the same with Bowser, and and it never panned out. And he was in, you know, a higher value pick. So I, I like one of them, the two, to break out this upcoming year because they're going to have the opportunities. Um, the next guy I've got on my list is Matt Skura, and that you know obviously comes with its own small question mark of his health. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, whether it, it's initially onto the physically unable to perform list and then, you know, back later in the season or starts the year on IR and comes back later or whatever that looks like. Um, I thought he played center really well. Um, and Makari stepped in just fine behind him, but the stability that Skura could add to this team, um, if he's able to come back and perform at the same levels of health would, would be fantastic. Uh, I'm a, not a doctor, so I don't understand enough about kind of, you know, his injury sounds gruesome in the sense that he hurt multiple parts of his knee. Um, but I don't have any sense of, is that common? Is that uncommon? How do guys come back from that? Is there any track record? And so it, it seems as fans, the only thing we're hearing is, well, he, he hurt three different parts of his knee. So that's bad, which, you know, logically sounds right. Um, but, you know, we've seen good training film from him in terms of his own personal recovery. And if, if in some crazy world, let's say the season gets pushed back four weeks because the NFL isn't stupid and they think they can squeeze a little bit more out of it because of that. And then you get a guy like Skura that's able to come back for week one. That could be significantly Huge. I think he's one of these guys on this list that could be way significantly higher. Like if he was fully healthy and finished the year last year, I'd probably have him in the Chuck Clark, Derek Wolf range of this list. And if he obviously is hurt, I think he'll be way, he would be way down the list. So I kind of settled in the middle here. Yeah, that that's fair. And I agree with you in terms of, um, you know, his upside is probably a top, you know, 15 to 20 ish range for me. Um, he's, he's a good, good player for the Ravens. He's, you know, obviously an undrafted free agent who's kind of come in and made himself into a starter. And that's something that Ravens have done really well recently is develop, you know, kind of mid round to undrafted free agent offensive linemen. And they just have a great system right now. Um, and I, I agree with you that at his best, he's, you know, a very like solid, not elite, but good, like starting caliber center. And that's important. Um, 
the question obviously is the health. So I'm hoping that he can start the season. Like you said, I don't know enough about the injury to really comment on that, but I, th- I think that, you know, given the fact that he was a starter for you know a couple of years and that he's kind of also had the upper trajectory in terms of his play, I think this is a good spot for him. Um, so my next guy is going to be LJ Fort, who is somebody who the Ravens brought in off the street last year and was a really impactful player for them. I thought, um, you know, he and Bynes both got signed the same week. Um, the Ravens had that horrendous game against Cleveland and they went and got two street free agents who were linebackers. Um, and I think Fort probably played a little bit better. Although Bynes played really well too. I think Fort was just more impactful for what the Ravens needed in terms of somebody who could come in and play well on passing downs. And I think he's probably going to have a similar role in this next season as mostly a kind of a sub package player. Um, he's also kind of a core special teamer. So he's got that um, versatility and, and value as well. And I think that, you know, he's just going to be a guy who just does his job. He's good in coverage. He can blitz. He can, um, you know, he can make plays in the open field. He breaks down well. Um, and he's just, I think, pro- probably an underrated player on the Ravens defense. Yeah, I've got him a few spots down my list here, but I think that's more related to the fact that I I, I worry about how many snaps he's going to see. Um, I do think early in the season, he's, we're going to see him in sub packages. We're going to see him in pass defensive spots. Um, but I think as the season ages, I think we're going to see less and less of him um, because I think Queen is going to start to develop a little bit more. Wink's going to get comfortable with his you know sub packages and who knows what's going to happen from there. Um, so I had him a little bit lower than this, but I, you know, I had him ahead of the likes of, of Jimmy Smith actually. So, um, hmm. you know, I, I, think his role is, is one that'll be valuable this upcoming year. Um, the next spot was tough for me. I, I had two guys, I'm going to name two guys here, but I had Edwards and Dobbins and I had Edwards first hmm. and Dobbins second. Um, just cause Edwards is, Edwards is such an underrated Raven to me. I, I feel he, he's very Alfred Morris ish in the sense that nobody really appreciates how freaking good he is. Um, and he just kind of does what he does well, which is hits the hole, runs hard, um, doesn't get tackled. Um, I, you know, I think Dobbins brings a lot more versatility. Obviously his tape is phenomenal. There's, there's plenty of opportunity there with him. Um, but I think Edwards, I think the Ravens are going to give Edwards that crack before they give it to Dobbins just because the Ravens don't like to play rookies a ton. Um, but I think that we're going to see a lot of both of them this upcoming year. Well, I, I agree with you. Um, I think this is probably the right place to have him because they are going to have a role in the offense. We don't know what kind of the split between these two guys is going to be. Um, obviously, Dobbins is drafted pretty high, and I think that's going to, by definition, give him you know a pretty significant portion of the, of the running back snaps. And he's a di- more dynamic player than Edwards, especially on passing downs. Um, I think Edwards is good in terms of pass blocking, but he's really a zero in terms of pass catching. So that kind of limits what he can do. Um, I'm excited to see Dobbins. Like, I think he can be a dynamic player in this, in this offense. And, you know, he's, I think he's the future clearly uh, of, of the running back position for the Ravens. And I think it's going to be really exciting to see how he develops in this, in the system. Um, so you took two players. Can I take two players? <laughs> yeah. Let's you know, we're, kind of getting towards the the end of our podcast here anyway so why don't we just yeah. talk about some interesting guys on the list here so 
I'll go with two guys who I think are going to kind of share a lot of responsibilities, and that's Willie Sneed and Devin DuVernay. Um, these are both guys who are kind of your slot receivers. Um, and, and the Ravens have done, I mean, they, they use a decent number of, of three wide receiver sets. Um, and Sneed's kind of been uh, probably diminished in his importance over the um, last year compared to two years ago. But I still think that he's a guy that Jackson looks to in kind of like, you know, the third and, and medium kind of situations. And he, he has a, an ability just to kind of make tough catches. Um, obviously, we haven't seen anything out of DuVernay yet. Um, but I think that, you know, he looks like a guy who can kind of be a similar type player with more speed. Um, and hopefully that's going to translate on the field for the Ravens. And I think, you know, this is going to be Willie's last year with the team. And then DuVernay is going to kind of take over that role. And that's, you know, obviously good for the offense to get younger. And I think that I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how they're both kind of mixed in together in the offense. And I think that in general, the Ravens are going to use more wide receivers potentially this year than they have um, in the past. I think they have stressed the one to get more vertical in their offense. So we'll see how they, how they work together. They might be on the field at the same time. Who knows? So you're not as high Would that say you mean you're not as high on miles Blinken. I've got him well ahead of Snead and DuVernay on my list. Um, I just don't see based off of his production last year. Um, I think if you're projecting forward, then maybe he would have a bigger role in the offense, but I kind of think that he is strictly well, at this point, he's been pretty much strictly used as an outside receiver. He's used on a lot of deep routes and he wasn't that great at getting open last year. Um, and, you know, I, I saw an interview with him. He was, you know, he said that he kind of just like was still kind of making the jump, you know, from college to NFL. He wasn't quite there in the head yet. He was think, overthinking things too much. He was just like trying too hard. Maybe things get a little more comfortable for him this year. And if, if that's the case, I think he definitely has more potential than either of these guys. But in terms of their role, I think these guys will probably combined outproduce what Blinken does. Interesting. I, I mean, I think it's on a, I don't know that we'll see that. I did Sneed, what was Sneed's numbers compared to Boykin's numbers last year? I think Boykin had more yards than Sneed total anyway, though, even on a pretty bad year. I think he had, I think he had more yards, but definitely not more catches. Um, okay. He was, kind of a, he was kind of a big play receiver yeah. for the Ravens. Um, he had, I mean, actually, Boykin had, thir- Boykin had 13 catches for 198 yards last year. So he really didn't oh, that's do terrible. very much. Um, Willie Sneed had 31 catches for 339 yards. So, you know, okay. Was a, yeah. I, you know, I, I think I was finally remembering Boykin. <laughs> yeah. He, he really kind of had yeah, a couple of games where he made big plays, that. but he wasn't really very involved overall. Yeah. I'm willing to say that he's probably a little high on my list. I, you know, I, I'll mention two guys. Um, and then you can pick two more that you think are interesting kind of to wrap us up here. Um, but I think that um, Jihad Ward and Deshaun Elliott are two interesting players down in like this range that have the potential to be really impactful on the Ravens defense next year. Um, you know, if we see an injury at outside linebacker, um, you know, I think Ward could play a big role. I really, I, I liked what Ward brought to the team. He's a high energy, high level guy. And Elliot obviously always flashes when he's been on the field. He's always around the ball, great speed, 
um, you know, smart player. So I think those are two guys that could, they're going to need other things to happen, whether it's, you know, a lot of sub packages or an injury or an opportunity. Um, but there are two guys that I think that could find their way to being much bigger impact um, when it's all said and done next year. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, they're definitely good depth, if nothing else, um, because, I mean, injuries happen. We know this. And that's kind of how, you know, Ward got into the number of snaps that he did last year because Penel McPhee got hurt. Um, so he kind of came in and, well, for Jalen Ferguson too, but they both kind of split the snaps that McPhee vacated. Um, and I think Ward is a good player. The Ravens obviously valued him to a certain extent. They didn't give him a big contract, but they wanted to bring him back. Um, I think he's a good, versatile outside linebacker slash defensive lineman that will be important. Um, I don't think he's going to have a huge role in terms of number of snaps. You might have the least number of snaps of any of the outside linebackers if you consider him an outside linebacker. Um, but, we'll, we'll, I mean, I, don't know, I think he still is important. And and Elliot, I think he's probably, at this point, mostly going to play special teams, and maybe he'll be in on a few packages. But he's definitely shown flashes, um, the injuries – have to stop happening clearly if he stays healthy i think he will kind of force his way on the field because he's very athletic he's very like kind of like a playmaker and i think the ravens have to see if he's somebody that they can you know think about as somebody who will maybe be the replacement for thomas down the line i'm not sure if they have this kind of the same fit in terms of what they do but i think they want to see what he can do um so i guess just to wrap things up i am going to go with our special teams core of Morgan Cox and Sam Coke, um, because I think that while the special teams might have slipped a little bit, I don't think it has anything to do with these two. Um, they've been incredibly consistent for over a decade. Um, they both, I think they're both the longest tenured Ravens at this point. Um, and they are really good together, especially with Justin Tucker. They kind of have this like, thing that they never mess up a snap. They never mess up a punt. There's like just incredible consistency with them. And I think that's valuable. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing I take away from this whole set of power rankings is, you know, the same thing we're hearing in the, the, the media in general about the Ravens and it's that they're stacked <laughs> across the yeah. board as a roster, as a whole, this is, I'm just going to be so disappointed if the NFL doesn't happen this year, because this is, this is probably the best Ravens team. Maybe I feel pretty comfortable saying that going into the year on paper, this is the best Ravens team ever. Um, and so it'd be just really disappointing to see them not get a crack at, to make a run at the Super Bowl title. But, you know, I, I think the roles, how they have diversified the talent, how they've layered it in with young guys and old guys and like blended the whole thing. Um, they're just in a tremendous position as they head into the season. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely put it up there with like the 2006 Ravens, which I think was probably one of the more talented Ravens teams. Um, and, you know, I think that that like 2011, 2012 stretch was also a really talented team, although they kind of got snake bit by a lot of injuries. Um, yeah, this is probably, I think on paper at least, the best team that the Ravens have ever had. And I agree with you. It'll be disappointing if that, doesn't pan out um, for a season in which we can, you know, hopefully see them make it a, a deep run into the playoffs, hopefully to the Super Bowl. But um, I don't know. I, I'm not even sure what's going to happen. Like, if that does, if we don't have a season, is like, do players like just 
get an extra year on their contracts. Like I, I have no idea what's, what's going to happen in terms of anything like that. So it's, it's going to be strange. Um, if, if the NFL season doesn't happen, I think you might be right. It might get pushed back. Um, that might not be the worst thing in the world, but obviously player safety is a huge concern, you know, not just players, but the entire teams, staff, the organizations, all the people who work for the teams. So it's a huge, huge undertaking every, every Sunday. So um, making sure everybody's healthy is probably has to be the number one concern. No, definitely, definitely. Um, but it will be interesting to see. So um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully we'll have some, um, you know, exciting Ravens news as things kind of start to pull together. I know the Ravens want to have a, another little throwing group come together. Um, but if you guys have ideas of things you want to hear us talk about, um, you know, we're looking at old and new content for the Ravens. We'd love to hear from you guys at BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com. Um, I'm Jordan Coe. You can find me on Twitter at um, BSL Jordan Co. Um, my co-host Gabe Ferguson is at Gabe Fergie. Um, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.